Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Here we are again. Your automotive team. Your international, almost. Well, yeah. But we're definitely all over the USA. And we're here to help you make one of the most difficult decisions that uh, anyone has to make financially. Uh, do I buy a car or don't I buy a car? Do I buy a used car or a new car? And if I do, how do I get the lowest price? How do I avoid being taken advantage of by car dealers? At the bottom of the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics in the profession. So uh, that's our task. That's what we do here. It's what we've been doing for nearly 20 years. And uh, you make the show. I mean, pure and simple, your calls. If you haven't listened to the show before, listen, please. I mean, just listen for a little bit. If you don't want to listen to us, you can listen to the callers. The callers are, callers are interesting. <coughs> Texters, the callers. Um, we hear and learn things, and we're experts. Uh, Rick Kearney is with, with us in the studio. This guy knows more about cars than anybody I know. He's been doing it for over a quarter of a century. Uh, he's on top of it, too, because the current car is just absolutely a um, scientific marvel. I mean, I, uh, they're almost too good. They're, they're too complicated because it's hard for the user, you know, the drivers, to really understand everything on them. Rick Kearney understands it all, and uh, he'll tell you right now that uh, there's some challenges out there. You buy a car, new, used, uh, you're going to have some questions. Uh, they're complicated, high-tech. Rick is a high-tech guy, and that's why we like you to call the show. We can tell you about buying and selling. Rick can tell you about fixing and repairing, maintaining. And so we we're, we got a pretty good group here. Uh, we we have a call-in number. We prioritize that. So if you call 877-960-9960, you might want to write that down just in case, if you can, if you're not driving or something. but. Uh, the number again is 877-960-9960. Uh, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, co-founder of the show, by the way, female advocate, uh, strong, strong supporter of you ladies out there in the audience. Uh, she will monitor her laptop or her text, and she will be notified of your call. And our calls get number one priority over text, over anonymous feedbacks, over YouTube, over Facebook, because we have all those <laughs> other avenues. And uh, but if you have, if you call us on the phone, we're going to get you. We're going to we're, we're going to stop what we're doing and talk to you. So, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And for a lot of folks out there, you don't want to be live on radio. I don't blame you. I mean, uh, I know I'm a little strange. I, 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 we're all a little strange in the studio because we love what we're doing. But let, most people. Are a little bit nervous about speaking to thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people all over the world. 
Uh, you, you just a little stage fright. Don't blame you. Text us. Text us at 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. Question, comments, criticism. Some people are nervous, shy, you know, too polite to be critical. We got, we got something for you, too. It's called YourAnonymousFeedback.com. Unique. I don't know any talking show, calling show, any anybody that's got this. We have a, a website that is bulletproof, privacy-wise. You contact us via youranonymousfeedback.com. We don't know who you are, where you are. All we know is what you say. Yeah, it's not our. It's not our website. No, no. Yeah, we, we pay for this. this well, is we like, pay for it. Yeah, it's actually from. Uh, um, was it? Uh, Incognito. Incognito. Neat spelled N-E-A-T. Incognito dot com or is it dot something else? Incognito. If you want to have your own anonymous website, you can go to incognito with nito spelled N-E-A-T-O dot com and you can buy it. And we bought it. Uh, A lot of blue chip companies like Adobe and some other big companies uh, have that. I think if the companies that do have it, we you know, we have it at our company, and we have it for the radio show, we have it personally. Uh, we just happen to believe that we'd like to know what people think about us, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, if you you know, uh, it hurts our feelings sometimes. We get embarrassed sometimes. We get angry sometimes. But hey, that's life. Would you rather be a little bit embarrassed and angry, and and maybe have your feelings hurt every now and then, or live in a world of make believe? We don't want to live in a world of make-believe. If you like us, we want to know it. If you hate us, we want to know it. If you have constructive criticism, we'd love to know that. And that youranonymousfeedback.com if you don't want to be identified. And I don't blame you. Uh, Again, if you're listening to the show for the first time, a highlight of the show clearly is something called our Mystery Shopping Report. Nobody's got this. Nobody sends an undercover agent secretly into a business every week. The businesses we use are car dealerships. We go to used car dealerships. We go to new car dealerships. Uh, we even check occasionally, not often enough, but we do service mystery shops too. <coughs> see what see what treatment our people get when they come in. And they go all the way through the process. I mean, price negotiation, looking for models, uh, asking a lot of questions. And taking frantic mental notes, we're not allowed to, to uh, video or record this. And so our current secret shopper is Agent Lightning. We don't identify them for obvious reasons. And she's all over the country. I mean, she travels out of state, certainly out of South Florida. And uh, uh, she visits car dealerships. So uh, for, we keep her identity secret. And she hasn't been busted yet. I, I don't think, Stu. Has she ever been um, I Con- don't think so. Yeah. Um, I think she has had moments where she thought the jig was up and yeah. Uh, yeah. went outside, texted me in a panic, but we persevered, pushed yeah. through. And in uh, years past, before Age of Lightning, we have been busted. We've had, we've had. Uh, I won't say I uh, had the re- mystery shopper run out, but well, we can say move he's, out quickly. He's, yeah. he's deceased now. <laughs> yeah, he's that's still, right. It yeah. was Scott Cadmus. Yeah, right. yeah. He can't get in trouble now. Yeah, that was I think uh, we had to call. scary. Yeah. I think we had to so call anyway, if you do nothing else, <laughs> stay tuned for the last half of the show. Actually, the last quarter. We're on from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And uh, the last half hour between 9.30 and 10, we usually air that shopping report. If you want to call us, call us anytime. Uh, we turn the phones off uh, close to the time of the mystery shopping report. So call us before that. And that's the best. The best are the calls, the real live calls. 877-960-1960. Now, uh, I'm going to let Nancy Stewart, my co-host, my wife, uh, co-founder of the show, strong female advocate, uh, tell you new listeners, especially you female new listeners, uh, we have a little surprise, a little, a little nice gift for you that uh, if, you'll, if you're calling the show for the first time, Nancy will tell you about that, and she would really love to hear from as many ladies out there. We know you're listening. We just want to hear your views. They're very important to us. Nancy? Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Uh, I'll get to that uh, topic about the female caller in just a moment, but uh, let's uh, start the show off with a, a question to our audience uh, and you can give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, you can also uh, text us at uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but my question this morning is asking you um, if you uh, were trading your car, um, do you feel ethically obligated uh, to, um, or if you were selling your car, do you feel ethically obligated to let that person know that the car's been in an accident, uh, that there's mold. Um, I think you get the point with those two examples. Uh, give us a call with your answer at 877-960-9960. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I mean, we get mad at dealers when they are don't reveal issues, problems with cars that you buy. So if you're selling a car to the dealer, trading it in, uh, should you bear the same burden? How do you feel about it? I, I have a long-established opinion on that. You do? I th of course people have an ethical obligation to disclose things. I think just in general, hiding things and lying about things are wrong, and dealers shouldn't do it, and, and average folks shouldn't do it either, in how my about, opinion. How about the long-standing uh, tenet of uh, law, starting with English law? Caveat uh, emptor. Yeah. <clears throat> I understand, but I, I, I think That's that a defense in court, you know. Oh, sure. Um, but I think uh, that just g general, like, morality uh, demands We're talking otherwise. ethics. Yeah. We're not talking legality. Yeah. We're talking ethics. Yeah. That's right. a great question. Talk great talking question. ethics, uh, let's take it to another level. What do you think about uh, CarMax, uh, Carvana, uh, We Buy Any Car? Uh, do you think they, too, have the ethical obligation to disclose honesty? Honesty about that vehicle, vehicle, the history of it. Give us a call at 877-960-9960. And, uh, you know, not to yeah, cover you up with a lot of questions, but uh, this is uh, food for thought if yeah. you'd like to give the show a call. Let me ask you this second question. How do you feel about car dealerships uh, that are adding extra fees to those buying out their leases? We talk about ethics. I got an point. I got an opinion on that too. <laughs> we 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 talk about ethics every week. Um, let's let's talk about you know the higher ups. We're we're trying to elevate uh, the opinion of these uh, dealerships. We all need to work together. Stu, yes. your opinion? 
my opinion. Nah, don't don't give us your opinion. We don't. No, no, sure. I've already given my opinion. Right? Yeah, yeah. We don't. We 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 like the callers to feel free to say their opinion. Okay. First of all, uh, the 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 businesses we already in law are required to tell you if there's something bad about the product they're selling. Uh, you can you can get fined or go to jail. Or, there's rules for that. There's no rules as far as I know. Uh, for the seller, if you're a private individual, uh, that's the reason it's such an interesting question. So, yeah. well, what about Carmex? What about uh, Carvana? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it it's really, is it a law? Yeah. yeah, there is a law. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very good. Yeah. Okay, uh, now to get to uh, another important issue, that's the ladies. Uh, ladies, give us a call this morning. Uh, tell us what you think. Answer maybe some of my questions, or just say hello at 877-960-9960. And for the first two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning. So uh, sit back, enjoy the show, and we appreciate your participation, and uh, we look forward to all your phone calls, YouTube, text messages. It's going to be an exciting uh, mystery sovereign report also. Uh, We are going to go to the phones where Mark is waiting from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Nancy, um, Earl, and Stewie. Hey. And uh, uh, mechanic buddy there. Right. Um, Nancy, you've, uh, that's, you've uh, provoked my interest on your questions. You know, when it comes to uh, a public person, you know, going ahead and being truthful with a potential buyer of their vehicle, um, you know, I think the ugly truth is a lot of people will think, you know, what can I get away with? Um, I want to, especially in this uh, economic climate, you know, people want to get the most for what they're selling. And I think that um, people would have a tendency not to tell the truth. I think but you're right. The kicker is, well, Mark, we I know that, but is, do you think it's ethical is, that they but, do that? But, let me finish. Let me finish, please, Earl. Um, the question is, can people sleep at night if they haven't told the truth? And I wouldn't consider the average person worrying about what, even if there was a law in the books, about a private seller declaring damage or so forth. I myself would declare it. I would probably go up. By the way, there's scratches up front. There's a ding over here. Um, you know, I didn't always change the oil, all, all the uh, exact mileage. But uh, honestly, I think the average person would first think about being deceitful. Well, thank I'm you. I'm sorry, Earl. What were you going to say? No, I just said I thought you said what I what I said uh, a different way. I said it, it isn't a question. I said it's a question of uh, ethics. Um, how do you feel it is ethically? Uh, and then you said, yeah, would you be able to sleep at night? So uh, you're saying if you can't sleep at night, then that's an ethical, you violate your own ethical code. So, yeah, uh, your conscience or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's right. I just, um, I, 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 I'm glad to hear your opinion. And I just, I don't really have one. I, uh, I, I think, uh, and there's, there's two lines of this, by the way. There's the, the, there's the, uh, there's a sin of omission uh, when you, just don't mention the fact that your car was in an accident. And, and then there's a direct sin when the uh, buyer says, has this ever car, car ever been in an accident? And you say no. Now, that's a, a higher level 
of uh, sin than just not mentioning it. So uh, I, I personally feel that as long as you're not overtly misrepresenting your car, uh, the professional that you're trading it into uh, or selling it to uh, bears a responsibility to check it out. But even that, you know, there's people that feel two ways about that. Everybody's a little bit different when it comes to ethics and morality and sleeping at night. There, there's scenarios. I see uh, uh, some customers assume that the uh, the dealer, the appraiser, will will find on a history report. They mm-hmm. don't have to mention it. They're, they're going to discover it. They don't have to mention it. They're ne- not necessarily like lying by omission. They just assume it's just going to be going to come out. Uh, so what, what if they don't? Right. Dis- what know, if they if don't discover it? No, that's and that's uh, that's yeah, even a tougher one there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, seriously, because you can wonder like, well, what is what's the standard of this business? Do they not do they not care about accidents? <laughs> well, let's let other, let's get let's hear some other opinions. Uh, we, uh, Mark, thank you very much. Mark, do uh, you have anything else for us? Well, I was just going to say, you know, what if somebody had their car scratched down the side of both sides of the car, had to be painted? They wouldn't consider that an accident, but yet that that definitely affects the value of the car. Sure. But if they're in a front-end collision where the airbags go off, they're going to probably say something about that. Yeah. But, you know, when you have somebody that's had, uh, um, you know, scratches like that, the average person isn't going to consider that mm-hmm. um, collision damage. And they're apt not to report that. Yeah. And that probably affects the value of the car as much as an accident. Sure. Thanks for taking my call. Have a nice day. Thank, Thank you, Mark. Oh, you too. It's always great hearing yeah. from you, Mark. You know, some people, you know, might feel like they're finally sticking it to the dealer. I mean, some people might feel justified and ethically they are um, um, getting, uh, making things even. Karma is being achieved when yeah. they. When they <laughs> That's what we're going to find out. We're going to get some more calls and find out how our listening yeah. audience feels. Absolutely. And I'm going to uh, reiterate uh, the $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, I just would love to know um, your interaction with uh, whether you leased a car, uh, whether you bought a car. Um, if you did it from the internet or you just. Uh, walked into the dealership unfortunately and found that <clears throat> excuse me there were no cars so uh how do you feel about all that and uh your opinion is very important ladies so give me a call and that's 877-960-9960 and uh, don't forget that text number 772-497-6530 rick has something important to say on the question of cars uh negan one is asking I have a question. Does Earl think the used car market bubble will burst soon? Uh, actually, the used car is a great <coughs> question. The used car market bubble has burst. It just uh, it burst is the wrong word. There's a slow leak, and uh, and prices are coming down slowly. I mean, very slowly. We uh, we watch it closely, and I'm speaking largely from this region that we're in, the southeast region. Uh, yeah, there are pockets of all over the country of different economies and so on and so forth but I really think that uh, we're seeing wholesale prices come down and uh, that generally reflects retail prices but not a lot uh, used cars are still way overpriced okay okay um, ladies and gentlemen uh, don't forget that uh, Earl uh, he wrote a, a column uh, a blog quite some time ago about uh, the uh, Florida law and uh, these uh, Florida car dealers breaking the law. And uh, that uh, website uh, that uh, I used to repeat, I'll remind you all again, uh, that uh, you can go to www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. You know, if if your voice is not heard, if you don't, you know, make it heard, 
nothing's going to change in this uh, auto industry that we're all involved in and working in. So uh, there's more information for you. Please uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960, and you can also text us at 772-497-6530. We have no more calls, Stu. Do you have some texts for us? Yeah, we have um, Anne-Marie as a text. She was waiting for us when we got in. Uh, Anne-Marie says, Good morning. Jalopnik reports that Toyota will be bringing back the Toyota Crown to the United States for 2023. I'm familiar with Camrys, Corollas, and even the Cressida, but I've never heard of the Crown. One, what is a Toyota Crown? And two, how does it differ, differ from a Camry? Uh, Toyota Crown was a luxury, is a luxury um, car. It's a flagship car of Toyota, but it's only sold. too young to know what a Crown is. Probably. <laughs> um, but it's sold in Japan. And um, as a matter of fact, the only thing I knew about it before was it was kind of like a boxy old luxury car um but uh, and it was only sold in japan but um, oh, it's, it, it was sold here we have we had crowns here way way a long long long, long time yeah, ago that's the reason i said amory was too young oh, okay too but young. they're they're currently the top luxury one of the top luxury cars in japan and anyway um it's not much like a camry it's more like an avalon or, or more like an ls uh 500 um one of our one of our service advisors has sent me an earl an email with a whole bunch of information on it and we'll study that later um but it's coming and it's uh i saw a picture of it and it's a really nice looking car yeah and the uh, crown has returned uh and marie after decades decades (laughs) the return of the crown (laughs) there you go sounds like game of thrones (laughs) i'm gonna straighten my crown hold on a second um and marie um honestly i mean i i think you read my mind or maybe you're in the house looking at my notes anyway i found this article uh very interesting in the automotive news yesterday and the crown has been uh, sold like i said for decades in japan and uh, it was certainly never recognized here well in fact it premiered uh yesterday and uh, it's, it was uh, built and it was sold. It, everything was Japan. Uh, but it, it, uh, if you know anything about the Avalon, you can't get the Avalon anymore. It's been discontinued. Hence, the crown has taken its place. But the crown aesthetically does look a whole lot different. Rick? There's actually going to be up to five different models of the crown. We're yeah. talking too much about Toyotas, folks. Yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, it's yeah. a hybrid, but also available in all-wheel yeah, drive. Yeah, 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 okay. All right, what else we got? Okay, we're going to go, Is uh, are you finished with uh, oh, yeah. Emory? Okay, we're going to go back to the phones, and uh, we're going to talk to uh, Warren, who gives us a call from New Jersey. Welcome back, Warren. Good morning. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. How are you guys? Very well, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to comment, Earl, a situation happened to me exactly about what you should tell somebody buying your car last year. When we had the flood up here, uh, my car didn't get damaged that much. And the neighbor said to me, I'm very interested in buying your car. So it was, it's a Ford Taurus at 175,000 miles. But the fan had broke on it, and I had to go fix it, which was about five, $600. The first thing I told them was, the fan is broken on the car, and you're going to have to fix that. Because in good conscience, I didn't want somebody taking a car and getting stuck on a highway with a kid or something, yeah. and the car overheated to make a few dollars more. I wouldn't do that. Now, especially hand, especially it, your neighbor. It, yeah, it, it, and that, not only that, I mean, it's another thing, the car's been ding, bang, 
I mean, he's got more dings and bangs, uh, you know, uh, you know, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now he look at, look at the body of the car. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to mention it. And you know, if he asked me, I mean, I, it's in pretty good shape. And once you, once I fix the, uh, the you know, the, the the fan, the air conditioner, everything worked. But I just feel if it's a safety issue, I think in good conscience, you oh, really, yeah. really have to to mention it because how could you live with yourself if the guy drove off with it and, and, and then the next thing you know he got stuck in the middle of someplace and with a kid and a car yeah. overheats i agree with you 100 yeah, that's that's we, i agree warren warren didn't you uh give us a call uh <clears throat> it was quite some time ago uh when you were talking to us about so many of the cars around you were subjected to this flood uh, but you were parked uh, on a hill and your car right, didn't correct. get affected yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, yes, I, re- yes. I recall that. That's why the na- the, yeah, the, that's why the neighbor wanted the car, because I was on the hill and I was able to avoid that. And it was, you know, it was in the middle of the car shortage. And the reason why I hadn't fixed the fan at that time, I was thinking about buying a new one. But when, of course, when I found out the new cars or used ones didn't exist, I just, you know, I paid the piper and I paid whatever it was to fix the fan, and I still got the car. And, uh, but I just thought I wanted to comment, and I, th- I think, you know, in conscience, if it's a safety issue, like an airbag or something like that, I don't know how anybody could do that. It's right. probably call with yeah. a dealer or an individual or something like that. Now, on the other hand, like I said, it is buyer beware. If the guy wants to take the car, take it to a mechanic, drive it, you know, and tells me, you know, three months later, you know, the heated seat didn't work, well, you know, then I'm not going to lose sleep about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we go on this uh, show a lot, and we really beat up dealers and well, tell, talk about how unethical, dishonest they are, and misrepresenting what they're selling. Uh, it's actually even scarier to buy a car from a private party. And so uh, I think we're, you know, we're, I'm, not, I'm not condoning what the dealers do. They're professionals. They have licenses. They have rules and regulations they should abide by. But from a practical standpoint, you're still better off dealing with a dealer, an honest dealer, or someone you can at least hold accountable, even if he's not honest. But if you buy from a private individual on the internet, uh, you're really asking for trouble. And um, a lot of the people that sell you cars on the internet are not as honest as the people that you're listening to call on the show. Uh, ethics and a good night's sleep and feeling responsible for the safety of the buyer, a lot of that doesn't exist in a lot of private sellers. So it's a it's a rough, tough world out there. And, Absolutely. And, uh, you're yeah. better off to go with a professional yeah, yeah, seller. I, I, I agree with you because I, I had an acquaintance who wanted to buy a vet, a, a used one, mm-hmm. and he found he went online all over the place, and he's up here in Jersey. He finally found somebody of all places in Seattle. He was ready to fly out there and everything. Then we came proof to the title. The title was all screwed up. The guy was divorced and found, I, you know, it was a whole mess. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And, of course, he ended up not buying the car. But like you said, when you buy from a private person, there's all sorts of crazy things that get involved in it that you may not be aware of. So, yeah. you know, sometimes it's worth the extra money to go to the dealer. You know you're not going to have any problems. Get the title. And you're on your way. Yeah. yeah. Today, today, that's very true, you know, but uh, I can definitely give you my opinion of back in the 60s or the 70s, I was looking for a private person to purchase a vehicle from, and I felt perfectly comfortable knowing that I got a car that was 100%, and I didn't have to question anything about it. Rick? Yeah, and just the, the, just the one last thing. Sometimes, you know, people go to the dealers or something, and I, I don't go to a dealer to, to get my car fixed at this point. But when my father was alive, he gave his Ford Focus to my daughter, who was going to commute to law school. And he said to me, and I had a driver from Florida to New Jersey, 
He said to me, take it to the dealer, and I want to look at it. I said, that's a lot of money. He said, I don't care. It's a safety issue to me, mm-hmm. and I don't care what it costs to fix up the car. Yeah. Let them do it. They got the parts. They got this. He said, I'll sleep at night knowing you're driving up to Jersey with it. My granddaughter's going to have the car, and I'd rather have the dealer do it than some mechanic. So if I pay a few dollars more, I could care less. Absolutely. So sometimes, you know, you just... Sometimes it's just a safety or, or, or you know, whatever. It's an investment. Or, I understand. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, I, so I'll never forget. He says, what do I care? He says, I, 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 so if it costs me $500 more, it costs me $500 more, knowing full well that she has to drive the car in the dead of winter up here. Mm. And she had about a 45-minute drive to, to go to school. She said, and he said, you know, I don't, and, you know once winter comes, you know, then you want to be make sure the tires are good, this is good, that's yeah, good. Yeah. So he says, it's worth it to me. Good yes. grandfather. So, He's a good know, grandfather. Just, <laughs> it's an investment. It's so, a, a safety issue. It's uh, everything, and it is worth it. Thank you very yeah, much, Warren. Great, great call. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Have Warren, a give day. us a Bye-bye. call again. We love hearing from you. We love talking <coughs> okay, to you. thank you very much. From thank New Jersey. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. From Jersey. Bye. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can relate to that. Um, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go to John, who also is a regular caller from Palm City. Good morning, John. Welcome. Good morning to everyone. I have two questions, two problems, actually. One, I want to ask Rick, have recently, have you had any car towed in, mainly an SUV that has four flat tires? Did you run across that recently? No, not recently. Okay, what's going on is throughout the whole country, especially on SUV, the environmentalists are picking on SUVs and they're knifing the tires, all four tires, because they're claiming that the SUV is bad for our environment and using too much gas. So it's a problem. You've probably seen it. It's even on the local news. And I hope that doesn't continue or get worse, because basically there's not much we can do about it. You know, I, I read that, John, and I just couldn't believe it. I know I read wow, it and heard about it, but I just couldn't believe it. That seems like well, such a well-thought-out plan. Already in Manhattan. And then speaking about Manhattan... That's the second thing that I want to talk about. De Blasio, before he retired at mayor, he allocated 100 spots, parking spots, for the electric charge EV charging stations. And some of them are in the process. Uh, Con Edison, the local utility, is getting the revenue from them and paying to build them. But what's happening, and it's going to happen in here, and it's going to happen everywhere, is people are starting to use them as parking spots. Because as everybody knows, you saw in the news this week, they just raised the parking fees in West Palm Beach. A lot of the meters that used to expire at 7 o'clock at night, they're continuing to go through the whole 24 hours. And people are getting a little smart about the charging stations, so they're going to need a policeman or security or meter readers or something to stop this from going on because they're going to tend to more and more use these EV stations at parking, especially in the bigger cities. Hmm. And then I want to tell you something else. They're really too slow to build these EV stations. I pass in Martin County a Wawa station, and all of the spots are always taken. They're Tesla charging. They're always taken, which means that there's not enough of them. And in 2021, 
the government allocated $7.5 million to the states to build, to build these fast-charging stations. And their goal was to have, in a federal law, uh, one charging station every 50 miles off interstates. I don't see that going on so far. And I don't, you know, it's an old saying, they get behind the times and hear the cars are there, and then there won't be enough uh, parking, you know, uh, spots to charge the cars. But I definitely see that happen. It's, you mean to tell me, John, that the federal government has done something stupid? I can't believe that. <laughs> yes, yes. That was actually allocated by the government mm-hmm. under Biden administration to have uh, every 50 miles to off the interstate to have these charging stations. But it doesn't seem like much of movement is going on already, and um, it's 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 a problem. Well, that's why Tesla is leading the uh, EV sales by a, a landslide. That's why all of their models are in the top ten, and that's because uh, they had the foresight to build their own charging stations nationwide. Now you said the Tesla station, there are people in line there. I guess I call that a good problem. Uh, there's nobody in the charging stations of the non-Tesla chargers, and uh, that's the reason people are using them for parking spaces because nobody uses them. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, the federal government is uh, is useless to a large extent uh, when it comes to things like this. They they have no foresight, no vision. They don't understand reality. And uh, I'm not talking about Biden or Trump or anybody else. I'm talking no. about the whole damn government. Uh, whether you're talking local, state, or federal, uh, they're just uh, inefficient. I mean, the best government in the world. I mean, we're very fortunate to be in America. It's the best one, but they sure are inefficient. Thanks for sharing that with us, John. I just want to say the proof of the pudding is they've already started in Texas that you can only charge your electric vehicle at certain times because they got the power grid problem. Oh, boy. It's summertime, and, you know, extra electric is being used. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's, it's everything government behind and planning. Yeah. It's it's just like done. It's still in the, in the stores. There's still a, a shortage of baby formula. How, how long is it going to take them to get caught up on that? Hard right. to believe. Hard to believe. Terrible. Yes. Mm. Yes. Well, let's hang in there. We know the EVs is coming, but let's plan that they'll be able to handle all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Good point, see. isn't it? John, thanks so much. We uh, We love hearing from you. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Rick, your point? Yeah, just a a quick thought on that tire thing. Yeah. It it seems like such a well-thought-out plan to destroy brand-new tires, which will then wind up in a landfill because they'll have to replace the tires. And so we're adding more tires to the garbage, which... Yeah. We that have an issue with already. Doesn't make sense. Really good for the environment. Well thought out plan there, folks. Well, let me really jump, good. Let me jump on that SUV hating thing uh, for a minute. This this really it's in automotive news this week. Uh, Germany just passed a law that uh, increases fines on SUVs. So if you run a red light in an SUV, uh, or if you're in an accident with an SUV, that's your fault. Your fine's about twice as much as it is with another car. Reason being that an SUV is, uh, well, it's a gas guzzler. It's big. If you hit another car with it, it causes more damage than you hit it with a smaller car. So they're penalizing people who buy 
Uh, I wonder what a Hummer cost mm. in Germany if you uh, if you wreck a Hummer. But I thought that was interesting. I've never heard of a country actually discriminating between year, make, model cars uh, as to how much the fine would be. But point of interest. Interesting. Very. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we'll talk to Marty from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you? Oh, well, thank you. I have a question for either Earl or Stu. Every so often I go on the Internet just to look up the used car value, just using it as a trade-in, and I see the value is going down, whether it's Carvana, whether it's uh, CarMax, whether it's anything. However, on the new car side of it, nobody's discounting their cars. So right now it looks like if you're trading in a car, it looks like you're going to be paying even more money mm-hmm. than you were two months ago. <clears throat> that's true. I mean, that's absolutely, yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, it's used cars are uh, becoming easier to come by. I mean, the prices are still high, but like Earl said today, there's a leak in the balloon, and you can hear a squeak. <laughs> I wish I had a balloon when you said that I was going to make the, the, the noise for you. And uh, so, it's yeah, it's coming down. So that, that big advantage, that offset, the high used new car prices, is um, it's not as big as it was. It's still, you know, it's still better than it was ever before, but it's not as good as it was. Yeah, I mean, the discount on a new car, which it used to be three, 4000 which they're not giving you anymore, and if not charging over sticker, you're losing even more money now than yeah. Well, Marty, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it reinforces something we've talked about on the show for a few weeks, and that is taking advantage of the seller's market. I know the, the uh, used car values are coming down a little, but it's still a seller's market, and the prices are still very, very high. And I wrote a blog uh, a few weeks ago, I think... Uh, was I think I entitled it the greater fool theory or I talked about the greater mm-hmm. fool the greater fool means uh, it's a Wall Street term and when you when you're a seller uh, and you buy something at too high a price you can usually find somebody that'll pay an even higher price and that person is the greater fool and it's kind of you know, tongue-in-cheek a little facetious but very sophisticated Wall Street traders use that you should use it in all folks that are that are trading a car and are selling a car. And I had, I had a personal experience I'll share with you, and uh, I don't know if Stu knows about this, but uh, Nancy does. <clears throat> a friend of ours, um, father, had to sell um, a car, a Highlander, and she called me up and said, you know, can you get us a good price? So I checked uh, with our wholesale person at our dealership, and uh, he checked around at some sources. We said, shop the car. Uh, Carvon and all the other sources out there and to get the highest price for our friend and we did uh, and then the friend called me back and said thanks for everything you did but um, uh, we took the car to CarMax and they paid us $26,000 for the car well the highest we we offered I think was $25,000 uh, so I was a little bit unhappy with that and I investigated it and come to find out that when we had looked at her car, uh, we found out that there was actually some mold from dampness in the in the roof, and there was also a, an accident, a minor accident that hadn't been reported, but it was still an accident. And so uh, we we uh, had, did not mention that to CarMax, uh, and neither did apparently the um, person that brought it in there to sell it. 
and they paid the full 26000 Either that or CarMax didn't um, uh, care, or they, they cared. They just said it was still worth it. My point is greater fool theory. Um, I'm a fool because we didn't pay enough money for my friend's car, and uh, CarMax got the car. They were the greater fool, but I still, I still feel the responsibility. So I'm a professional. I'm a car dealer. If I can make a mistake on a car of $1,000 for a friend, uh, you out there in Radio Land can also make a mistake. So shop until your shoes get worn off. That's figuratively, of course, because you're going to be on the phone. And call. There's at least a half a dozen more than that, actually, sources to sell your car to. You should shop as many as you can. And, and in a day or two, you could probably shop 15 of them. And one of them out there will pay you considerably more than the others. And that's the, that's the message for the day. And thank you, Marty, for bringing that to my mind. Okay. Have a good day. You too, my friend. Thanks, Marty. <clears throat> Always great hearing from you. You know, I want to remind the ladies how instrumental uh, you have been in uh, helping us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. And uh, we we have increased uh, the number of calls from uh, women. And uh, I want to thank you for that. But I also want to remind you uh, that we need to stay at this. We need to this platform has to be built from concrete and we need to hold on and we all need to participate that leads me to this invitation first to new lady callers give us a call fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers share your experience or just say hello 877-960-9960 or give us a, a text at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Rick, do you have uh, something for us? I do have one interesting question, Earl. Have you seen the reports that BMW is charging eighteen dollars a month to activate your heated seats in your car? Yeah, <laughs> almost all the manufacturers are doing something similar. That's even, more than Netflix. <laughs> uh, even, Toy- even Toyota is doing it. This is a new thing. Uh, money-making opportunity for auto manufacturers and and but uh, it, it's like it's heated seats which are flip a switch the yeah. heater comes on yeah but apparently they can if you don't pay your oh, sure. subscription sure they'll deactivate your heated they'll seats chill your butt in a car Yikes. that you bought and paid how about, for how about, how about serious uh, radio I mean it's a switch you know yeah. flip the switch doesn't cost them anything whether you listen to the radio right. or not yeah. right but I, I can understand that because you're paying well, for a streaming serious. service <laughs> what are you paying but, to keep your fanny warm that's a service but you bought and paid for a car cold is the case and you maybe. bought and paid for the heater and yeah. it's all there in your car you bought and cold for, uh, paid for the serious radio because it's good yeah. they turn it on for six months to get you used to it yep. and when you're used to it they turn it off and say now you'll have to pay this well, much well, for serious, the rest of your life. Right. Well, serious cares if you don't use it. They, they then they well, don't make money. So if you if you buy a BMW secondhand, yeah. then you have to get a subscription to get. That's right. Wow, that just okay. More good news. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and uh, I thank you, Chuck, uh, for holding. Chuck's calling us from Oklahoma. Good morning, all. How's everyone this morning? Great. Welcome. Um. I bought used cars all my life. Uh, I heard you talking about used cars. Um, uh, my thing was, uh, of course, I would scour all the newspapers and whatever I could find, and uh, then I'd find the ones I liked. I'd call them, get the feedback on it, go to the house, talk to the people, see what kind of home they lived in, <laughs> and then uh, 
what I like to do is make sure they had uh, records on everything. And uh, one of my biggest thing was if I could ever find one owner, if I knew it was one owner that had the car and I was talking to the guy, I could get feedback immediately to, and I could read people and mm-hmm. say, okay, this guy is a solid guy. I could probably trust this car. And then if they had the records from all the maintenance records, mm-hmm. I knew I'd hit the jackpot. Yeah. And then um, test drive it. Uh, I never even took it to a mechanic. I mean, you, you know, take it to your mechanic. Of course, I used to work in a shop, so I was pretty good at being a, a mechanic myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, But that was part of my deal for getting a good used car. Well, that's kind of a seat of the pants way to do it. I, it works. I, I, it's a little, I think today you can do a lot of that uh, digitally. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that. We had, years ago, we had a sales manager. His name is, uh, was Terry Chapin, and he worked for us at the dealership. And uh, any time we had an appraisal, he would always uh, inspect the car. And if it was sloppy, if there was a spilled milkshake in the front seat, uh, uh, cigarette butts, uh, you know, all the, you know, the roaches. I mean, <laughs> some of these, you'd be surprised what some cars look like when they come in. Now, chances are they would clean it up and wash it before they traded it in. But he'd look at the car before there was even any discussion of the trade-in. And if you had somebody that was really, you know, couldn't even keep their car neat and clean, you wonder what they did mechanically in, in terms of upkeep and maintenance. But, yeah, I like that, uh, 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 seeing where the owner lived and talking to him. And, you know, personality of a uh, owner of anything is often reflected in what they own. That's a, that's a very good idea. Now, I had a friend just recently, uh, his wife uh, loves the Corvettes and... So she went on the internet and found one in Illinois, and they have about five different cars, BMW, so they, you know, he's got like a five-car garage, but he's a car guy and a motorcycle guy, and they just like that kind of stuff. So they jumped in their BMW and drove up to Illinois and picked up the new Corvette for 70000 drove it back to Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, the average distance people are, are driving now to buy a used car is over 400 miles. So a lot of people are doing just what you described. That's an average, so that means people are driving 2,000 miles. Of course, people are buying them next next door. But uh, the average distance is is over 400 miles to buy a used car. Uh, Today, you know, putting in modern terms, two things I always uh, uh, hammer, Carfax report and an independent mechanic. You do those two things, you can't get hurt too bad when you buy a car. Carfax and take it to your, your mechanic, not the, the mechanic the dealer recommends, not his mechanic, certainly, but the one that you, uh, that you I hope you have one that you can trust. And if he checks it out and you get a good, clean CarMax, Carfax report, you're pretty safe. Right. And, you know, we're talking about um, why do people buy the SUVs and the big vehicles? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, would, I grew up in the 70s, and uh, back then when we had the gas crunch, uh, that was the whole thing. Everybody said, uh-oh, we got to buy these, uh, the Toyotas. And all the Europeans were building smaller uh, uh, vehicle, uh, you know, fuel-efficient vehicles. Mm-hmm. So the big three automakers, they said, uh-oh, we're going to lose all our market share. We've got to start building them. Well, of course, they were late to the game. Yeah. But eventually they, they put in all the smaller vehicles. You could still buy the big ones if you wanted them, mm-hmm. but they knew they had to go in for the fuel efficiency or they were going to lose their market share. 
Yeah, I wonder where it would have been if it weren't for the Japanese. I wonder what we, how li how long it would take them before they figured out fuel economy was important. We'd probably be out of oil by now. Right. Well, <laughs> but here's the funny part. Uh, like I live in the country, and everybody and their brother has a giant, uh, the biggest pickup truck they could buy, and not. I mean, a lot of them need it, sure. But then I lived in the city of Houston. And everybody there had a giant pickup truck, and nobody ever drove it ever off the road. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's a it's yeah. a macho, uh, you know, it's kind of a status symbol. And, uh, status symbol. Uh, the, the joke used to be, look at the pickup trucks on the road and tell me what percent of them have anything in the back. And uh, most exactly. people don't have anything in the back of the pickup truck. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's you're right. It's a it's it's become a cool cool to drive a big loud, uh, heavy pickup truck. So. The reason I never bought one is because I knew every one of my friends was going to call me up and want me to move them out of their apartment. Rick, Rick thinks he's cool driving around in that pickup yeah. truck. Yeah, he does. He thinks he's real cool. He is cool, actually. It's real cool. Yeah. It's, real, it's real cool how clean he truck. keeps that truck. Yeah. Last, it looks brand new. Last week, I helped a buddy of mine move over 300 pounds of aluminum cans from his house to the recycle center. That's oh. a lot of cans. I thought they were yeah. full of beer. Wow, <laughs> that's okay. a good one. But Earl, I appreciated Earl, that. One. Earl, yeah, I did get a, uh, I did get a Cadillac. My best used car was a Cadillac Ritz, midnight blue with a half silver top. Oh boy, wow! It was actually my wedding car. And the funny thing is, when I pulled up to that house, they had a couple of beautiful BMWs parked out front. So I thought, uh oh, these people are really high end. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, uh, the guy. Uh, father was leaving the country and selling the Cadillac, and he actually owned the dealership. Uh, uh -huh. But it was his mother's—I think it was his mother's car. Anyhow, uh -huh. that Cadillac was uh, fantastic, and I just kept replacing parts brand new on it because uh, uh -huh. I wanted to keep it, you know, because it was yeah. so nice. Uh, anyhow, the, the, the worst part of the story is uh, me and my friend were out to the golf course one Sunday morning, and the guy ran me off the road. Oh my! And uh, believe it or not, luckily we both had seat belts on, but we hit the barrels going off the highway. Oh, we were up real high. It was like NASCAR. The car flew up in the air, flew upside down, and came <laughs> oh. down on the top. Oh, my God. You're, you're lucky to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we walked out of there with just scratches. That was I the end of the car, car, huh? What a story. I'm I'm never going to see this car again. With I didn't think I didn't think things were that exciting in Oklahoma. That sounded like smoking in the bandit. Yeah. Oh, this, this was in, this was <laughs> oh, Houston. Houston. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. On the 610 loop. So. <laughs> well, thanks, but, thanks for the call. You're, you you always make a great call, and you always got some great experiences. Thank you very much. Uh, nice to hear yeah. from you, Chuck. Okay, folks. <laughs> Give us a call. Toll-free. 877-960-9960, and you can also text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, I have a question, another question for our audience, and that is in reference to whether your next car would be a gas-only, <coughs> oh, my allergies, excuse me, gas-only, or would it be a hybrid or an electric? Give us a call. <laughs> get some water. Well, we have some anonymous feedback I can get to, unless we have callers holding. While I choke. <laughs> While you choke. Let's fill in some air time. Do we have any callers? Okay. Uh, anonymous feedback says, I watched your report for Starling Buick of Stewart. I would never patronize a dealership that tries to screw a customer. But wait, 
Who would buy a Buick anyway? Oh, that's mean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that many people do relative to the, the whole the whole market. Um, next anonymous feedback says, boy, times have changed. I don't know if this is a, a shot at us or but I'll just read it. <laughs> this is boy, times have changed since you did the, the mystery shop of Wallace Nissan. Just two years ago, we judged people by whether or not they wore masks. Wallace Nissan lost big points to their lack of masks and the salesperson's Tim's handshake. <laughs> well, uh, I don't remember that one particularly, but yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, I mean, that that was a big deal, and um, you know, it was a uh, it was a different situation. I mean, we're not wearing masks right well, yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's a very perceptive call. <laughs> it shows you how things change, and uh, you don't know what's coming next. Uh, before that, it was a Takata airbag. I mean, boy, you sold a car with a Takata airbag recall. We just nailed you, and uh, and it was terrible. And now we don't even talk about that. There's probably just as many cars out there with uh, defective Takata airbags as there ever was, and we don't even talk about it. So everything is a matter of priority and and uh, what's going on in the world today. Exactly. Okay, it's like the headlines. They, uh, you know, the news for about maybe two days. You get it's 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 everything, and then the next day it's a new news cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to interrupt Stu mm-hmm. to get back to the phones, uh, where we're going to talk to John from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Good morning. Good morning. And I called to answer your question. Uh, our next car purchase is going to be another Tesla hmm. uh, or, or battery. Uh, EV. Um, just do the experience with the one we have now. Uh, we completely love it, and uh, and it, it may not all, only be a Tesla. It may be one of the other EVs. Wish Toyota would get out with their EV. Yeah, John. Let me ask you a question. How, how? What is your uh, driving style? Are you do you do you do a lot of long distance driving? Do you do strictly local? How many miles do you put on your vehicle uh, in a year? We, we bought it in September. We've got 18,000 miles on it. Now, we bought it brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, have the, we, we, we have the standard version, not the extended miles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just went to Michigan. I'll probably be heading back up there again. Uh, and uh, the whole trip uh, from West Palm Beach to uh, Houghton Lake, which is in the middle of the state, cost $70. Wow. <laughs> so that was driving, and you know you put you put your destination in, but that's not where you're going. You're driving from supercharger to supercharger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good point. And yeah. I think I called and already told you that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, my I drive I drive about thirty miles a day because uh, I work in West Palm. But I mean I live in West Palm, but work in Jupiter, Florida, um, and drive the car. The uh, charge it every other day. Um, so we'll be looking at another EV. Um, and you feel you feel you, you feel kind of a, a almost guilty sense of of gratification and happiness when you drive by a, a gas station and see the five dollar gallon gas, don't you? I mean, you know, I didn't the, I, paying high prices for gas is not fun, but you know what? I I just dislike having to stop. I dislike having to stop for gas, and I'm a, you know I drive an EV. Uh, I, I dislike that. Uh, and I also, it was to me. I'm I'm six foot three, and they put the 
the, the LCD uh, readout display for people that are five foot three, I think. I had to hey. stoop down to, <laughs> to read it. And then if the sun is in the wrong place, it reflects off that. I can't see how I get a receipt. I can't see how many gallons I get. I can't see the price. And and then and then I'm waiting, and then there's a guy that parks in front of me, and he could have pulled up and given me access to the pumps behind him. But he, but yeah. so I just hated gas stations. So now every time I go by, I just smile. But don't I you mean, <laughs> don't you just think about uh, me saying to you, stay in the car, Earl. Yeah. I'll pump the gas. I love pumping the gas. And when I get home, no problem. When I get home, <laughs> I, I just plug into my car and I go I go in the house. I go in the garage. I play. So, yeah, I, I'm. But I don't drive a lot. That's the reason I ask you how much you drove, and uh, you do quite a bit of driving. So yeah. you're comfortable. And as you say with Tesla, the one of the reasons they're the leader in electric vehicles by a mile is because they had the foresight to build a network of chargers all over the United States. And they've got a lot of superchargers. And for people who are not familiar with that, a supercharger will charge your Tesla to 80 percent. So it'll typically give you about 300 miles of range uh, for uh, in 20 minutes. Now, I, I guess you could get in and out of a gas station in less than 20 minutes, depending on how busy they are. But that's not too long. You go in there, you get a Coke, you get a, uh, some crackers, uh, you stretch your legs, you go to the, to the restroom. Uh, 20 minutes is not bad. So charging is not an issue for Tesla owners. But for everybody else, I was curious uh, as to how big an issue it is. I think it still is for some. Earl, yeah. Earl, one of the reason why I say that you don't look at the destination, the final destination, you're looking at the superchargers because you don't charge fully. What yeah. you're doing is you're driving, you're you're charging up to get to the next supercharger. Yeah, yeah. And then, good point. You know, so your charging limits are like ten to fifteen minutes. Good point. Yeah. And then, point, yeah. and then you know, and it gives you enough charge to get to the next supercharger. Yeah. Um, what happened was sometimes if I'm not familiar with the the step where I'm going. I just went ahead and charged it fully. And we happen to be fortunate when we bought our car. We have the European model where oh. we can charge our battery up to 100% instead of the 80%. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. I, I, I have to drop it down. Otherwise, it shortens the life of the battery. That's good to know. Right. Now, yeah, John, the, uh, could you repeat that again? Yeah. What model did you say? European. Well, we have, yeah, we have the Model 3. Model 3. We, yeah, but it's... Uh, it was the, the European model of, and the, and the, the chips and all that stuff. So yeah. when they so when they brought it here, when it came in, um, we we were one of those four. We didn't have to wait. When when we test drove the car on one of those half hour test drives, we asked, you know, are there any cars for sale? They said no. You know, you got to buy it through the computer and that. And then the right. young lady said, wait a second, and she remembered that there was a shipment of uh, three hundred Teslas coming into the state. Some for Miami, some for Fort Lauderdale, some for West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. And so she helped us get on the website, and we bought the car right there. Wow, great. And, this, you know, I, I, and I understand, I, I know your story of uh, your waiting period for your plaid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's even worse now. So uh, Nancy yeah. wants one, but she's talking a longer wait than I had for my plaid. So, well, you know, that's a, good, that's a good problem for Elon Musk, right? He's cranking them out as fast as he can, and he can't meet the demand. Uh, actually, production's up in the United States, but in China, he got in a lot of trouble. Some of his, his gigafactories in China uh, slowed way, way down. So, anyway. Uh, John, are you trying to achieve autonomy in your Tesla? No. 
No, I, I'm not going. No, I'm not. Uh, I, I like to drive. I want my hands on the wheel. I, I, I like to drive. If okay. I wanted to be a passenger, I'd let someone else drive. I see. The, uh, uh, is that a yoke? I do like the, no, I don't have the yoke, um, but I am looking at the, the from um, uh, Hand Show, uh, the little uh, adapter that goes uh, behind the seat, the heads-up display. That oh. shows everything from the computer to it, so it puts it in front of you instead of having to look to the side. Oh. And yes. uh, that one thing that uh, for the Tesla owners, you know, we've developed a little bubble in our steering wheel uh, in the leather wrap, and uh, they went. Ahead, they're they're fixing it for free. They already have the steering wheel in stock, and they put it aside for us. And that's one of the problems I've seen. And you know, it's, it's a little thing, yeah. but still, you know, it's a you know, we paid a lot for the steering wheel. Yeah, with the car. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's always it's always good to talk to a fellow uh, Tesla uh, enthusiast. And uh, you, I, you're as excited about yours as I am mine. And uh, we're going to have to uh, get on to our next caller because we're, I don't yep. allow us to talk too much about Teslas or Toyotas on this right. show because we're prejudiced. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Give us a call again, John. Very good. I'll call you when I get my Hummer EV. There you go. Oh, please. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Now you're talking. All right. Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, guys, uh, what do you have for me? Uh, okay. Text or yeah, I got YouTube? text. I got text. Uh, Jonathan in Wellington. <laughs> We're going to talk about Tesla for a second. Uh, the question for Earl. Um, how much did it cost to set up your electric uh, car charging station in your home? I think the... Uh, Charger, I ordered if it was four hundred dollars for the charger, and I don't know what you paid the electrician to put it in. It was like fourteen hundred dollars total for the installation. Yeah, yeah. that seems about average. I think yeah. it's close to what I paid for mine yeah. for the installation. Yeah. So that's, it's going to cost you about two grand to set up a charging station. So that's another cost you got to consider. Um, eventually, that will, uh, you know, amortize down. Well, you buy, <laughs> you got a two-car garage, and you got a, you got two uh, two electric vehicles. You yeah. can use the same charging station. That's true. You will fight over the plug. Yeah, well, you just have to switch sides of the garage. Yeah. Nancy and I were having that discussion. A lot of competition. What if you don't have a garage? Uh, well, then you are, just they, are they waterproof? Well, yeah, you, uh, yeah you, they are. I got mine set yeah. up not in my garage. Mine's yeah. outside because I use my garage as a storage for hoarders. Oh, okay. Yeah, all the all the charging <laughs> stations all over the country are not in garages, yeah, but so, they're waterproof. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we got a text from Bob. He says, "I'd buy a hybrid due to being retired and not putting on much mileage." Also, I believe that it would take years to recoup the additional price of an EV. Um, I also believe it's going to be years from now to be able to drive an EV wherever I wanted to go. I, I, I think that's a great answer. I mean, um, I, 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 if I weren't who I am, and I'm not, a, I'm not a normal person, if I were a normal person, I would buy an EV. Rick is going nuts. Oh, okay. Trying to get you closer to the microphone. Yeah, just say, <laughs> get closer to the microphone. I'm not good on sign language. So... <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, good answer. Uh, a hybrid car is the best person for a normal driver. I'm abnormal. Mm -hmm. there, there, Nancy, there, there, Nancy's shaking there, her hand. There. There, 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 very much so. <laughs> I got some anonymous feedback. Do. Okay. Um, this is a good one. I, I read this a couple of days ago. Uh, Earl, you made a reference to going to Hershey, Pennsylvania for a mystery shopping Saturday show. FYI, there are no new car dealerships in Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Wow. We had a Chevy dealer, but it closed years ago. Hershey is a few hours' drive east of Irwin. And Earl, Mars makes M&Ms, uh, not the Hershey company. No Hershey's. <laughs> they make kisses. That mistake is akin to blasphemy here in Hershey. <laughs> there is a Mars chocolate factory nearby in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. 
You know, it's funny uh, because that Hershey does not allow car deals. I don't think it's because uh, car dealers don't want to be in Hershey. Uh, there are certain communities. Now, Jupiter, uh, Jupiter does not allow car dealers. You say, oh, wait, you got a car dealer. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, Brayman got in there and then um, uh, with his BMW, and I think uh, I won't speculate yeah, there, there was on before. how it happened, but... Uh, uh, I know because I tried to build a car dealership in Jupiter, and I know a lot of other dealers uh, that tried to build car dealerships in Jupiter, and Jupiter doesn't like car dealers. Boca Raton has no car dealerships. They don't like car dealers. I mean, at some point, you was, the car dealers should realize, why don't people like me? And uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> her, now we know. Uh, I got a great idea. Folks out there, we're national now. Well, your community, does your community, are you living in a community that does not allow car dealers? Boca, Jupiter, and Hershey. Let's see how many, let's see how long a list we can get. Right. What about Weston? Yeah. Well, we're, what about Weston? We're about a third away through the, through the anonymous feedback I don't know. here. Weston, Weston? Take, I, take a look at a drive through in, in Weston. They, they I mean, they got more code uh, enforcement down there. They have AutoNation in Weston. There's a, a big Toyota dealership down there. So there is? Got, oh, yeah. Um, so, um, and by the way, I don't think they said Hershey doesn't allow them. He says the last dealership, uh, Chevy. He didn't say that, but uh, Boca Raton doesn't say that either. I'm, I'm not, t- I was talking about this. He says the Chevy dealership closed a few years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to the chocolate place. Uh, fun fact, this is about the Mars Chocolate Factory in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. They uh, just recently had someone fall into a vat of chocolate there. Uh, think about Augustus Gloop from the Charlie and Chocolate Factory movie. Um, I'm a native of Pennsylvania, and that dock fee seems to be standard. I wonder how long after he fell in they discovered that. Uh, how many bars have they sold before know. they discovered? I don't know. A little that's gross. Um, I bought my yep. last car in 2021, and the dock fee was $394, which is in line with what your mystery shop showed at the time. Yeah. So, um, is that all our text? That's just the last one. I got more if you want it. Yeah, let's keep going. This is anonymous feedback. Uh, Scotty Kilmer has a YouTube video that talks about the hidden cost of electric vehicles. The last part of the video mentions that full self-driving mode for a Tesla uh, may be as much as $10,000. Not maybe as much, it is $10,000. <laughs> they reduced the price. Oh, okay, may not be as much. Uh, seems like there will be a lot of additional cost op- to operate in addition to the high cost of the vehicle. Um, yeah, and Euro's talking about like uh, additions, like subscriptions. Even Tesla has that. There's a full connectivity subscription that gives you access to internet radio and um, and some other stuff. And and the and the full self-driving thing is a, is an upgrade. Well, er- everything that he, every time someone talks about a new vehicle, new technology, and the high cost, that's always the case. And so uh, the answer is always volume, competition, and it will come down. So we're not saying that people. And everybody should buy EVs now because uh, they are very, very expensive. But, you know, in 10 years, 15 years, that won't be the case. Rick, you're waving at me again. I was just looking online just like two minutes ago. Uh, a Tesla Model 3 is, according to the online thing after savings, around $51,000, uh, just the basic car. And it said for the full self-driving, that was an additional $12,000. Mm-hmm. So they may discount it from there, but online it's listing right now twelve thousand dollars for self-drive. Well, you know that's almost academic because full self-driving is illegal. Yep. So, so so even the limited amounts that they authorize, uh, you still have to sit in the car with your hands on your wheel and your feet poised over the brake and accelerator. So 
that's full self-driving, but it's not really what we want. Yeah. Full self-driving is what they have in San Francisco now. There's a small company out there that has a fleet of uh, taxi cabs. They are full self-driving. That would and be you, wonderful. And you hit your app, they pull up in front of you, and you hop in the back seat. There's nobody in the car, and it takes you wherever you want to go. That's full self-driving. But the fully fully autonomous we're talking about here with Teslas and the rest of them for 10000 12000 or less, it's not really full autonomy. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get back to the phones. We're going to talk to Douglas from Wellington. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Welcome. Um, thank you so much. Um, I, I'd like to share some uh, feedback um, that I recently had with the Costco Auto Program. Oh, good. And I know that Earl has recommended that, you know, very highly in the Florida Weekly columns that I've read off and on for several years and on the radio show. So I'm looking for like a 2015 to a 2019 Toyota Corolla. Mm -hmm. um, could be a Corolla, could be a Civic, Kia Forte, Hyundai Elantra, something like that. But I'm really leaning towards the Corolla. So um, I called Costco like Thursday, and they said the closest Costco dealer to you is Earl Stewart Toyota. Wow, that's uh, that's good. I, yeah. I the the used car program is is different than the new car program, but uh, uh, certainly it's a safer way to buy a car. So uh, uh, I appreciate that input. Sure. So anyway, and one of the reasons that I want an, um, a used car or a pre-owned car is, you know, maybe uh, I'm old-fashioned in terms of technology, but I like to have a CD player. Okay. So, anyway, I went to Earl Stewart and I met with Mike, uh, Magic Mike. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. This is, a, you know, maybe two or three nights ago, nights ago. He was very friendly, very knowledgeable. A little short but, guy, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, they, he just didn't have the inventory. There was only a couple of, couple of cars and, you know... He was nice and everything was fine, but the inventory was there, so I called back Costco the next day and it said, you know, I, I had a good experience at Earl Stewart, but they didn't have what I was looking for. So they said, okay, well, the next closest dealership to your zip code is um, uh, Al Hendrickson Toyota in. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> just lady, just better. So um, I, I contacted them yesterday, did a couple text messages, and I arrived around 7, and my contact that I had texted with was, was no longer, was, had already left it again. So I go in there, and it's like there, there, there didn't seem to be any sort of... Um, you know, formal contact person, nobody introduced themselves, but there was a guy who kind of seemed like a manager, and he looked at his computer, and he found a 2019 Toyota Corolla that I had actually found online earlier, earlier in the day, but I didn't say anything about it. Mm -hmm. So he put me to one of his guys, we looked at it, it's nice, you know, we took it for a little drive. Anyway, the bottom line is that the price on 
the, was twenty thousand eight hundred and something. Right. But what got me is they threw in all these extra fees. Mm-hmm. They did not have a formal Costco worksheet, um, as supposedly there is. But you know, I know there's sometimes a dealer's fee of four hundred or eight hundred bucks or whatever they charge. There were like two different dealers fees, eight hundred, nine hundred each. There was a reconditioning fee of seventeen hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah. Um, four hundred per plate. So I. I walked away. Douglas, let me, did you, t- at first you said you didn't tell them you were a Costco member. Did you eventually tell them you were a Costco member? Um, no, I, I did. I told them that up Oh, front. you did. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, um, uh, what I was going to say, the Costco auto buying program, uh, for you folks who don't know about it, it's a great program. Uh, it's even greater when we don't have a COVID epidemic, epidemic and a huge shortage of supply and extremely high prices. The only thing the Costco, uh, the best thing about the Costco Auto Program for new car is the requirement is that the car be sold to you, a Costco member, at a lower price than you sell that car to anyone else for. Now, with the used car program, Douglas, it's a little different. We didn't used to be members of the used car program. The used car program uh, required us to discount the car $1,000 from what we sell, from what we advertise the car for. Now. Because we advertise our cars for the price we actually sell them for, uh, we have a low price to begin with, and we didn't want to have to take $1,000 off uh, on the used car. Well, we finally, we did it anyway. So now with used car prices so high, uh, we were able to take $1,000 off and still make a profit. But uh, there are two different, there are two different uh uh, types of programs, and a dealer can be a member of one, new car only, or used car only, I think. And uh, the thing it protects you from is exactly what Al Hendrickson violated, and you should report this to Costco. Uh, they're supposed to have a Costco member price sheet, and that price sheet right. is supposed to fully disclose any extra charges, and it's also supposed to have the actual price that you pay. So uh, he didn't do that. He violated that. You should make a phone call if you've got the time, if you care, to Costco and say uh, Al Henderson Toyota is violating the rules of the Costco program because they added uh, what did you say, seventeen hundred dollars in fees, and never told me about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they 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 showed you know they had a, um, a worksheet. It, it, you yeah. know, it, it didn't formally say Costco. Right. And when I said when I you know I said okay well. Um, can I take this worksheet with me so I can go over it? They said, no, we don't let it go out of town. <laughs> yeah, that's Al Hendrickson. Yeah, you know, he's the third or fourth largest uh, Toyota dealer in the world. Uh, sells a huge number of vehicles, and uh, it's amazing what he gets away with. But, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's a direct violation. Uh, they should cancel him as a dealer or make mm-hmm. him comply. And they're supposed to uh, shop and compare you know, they're supposed to go into their members, dealer members, and see if they are complying. So uh, we haven't tested Costco in a long time. Uh, we probably should. We should uh, be doing some mystery shops and maybe just testing the program again. It's a good company. I love Costco. And you, but you really, uh, the, the, a bad dealer can become a Costco member, unfortunately. And there's too many dealers out there for Costco to police all of them. So 
Buyer beware. Costco membership, way to go, but be very careful. Don't buy it without seeing the Costco member price sheet. If they don't have one, they're in violation of the rules. Yeah. And, and the, you know, they were giving me that, that whole thing, oh, you know, I can knock off a couple of hundred bucks here. And I'm oh, like, yeah, you, yeah. Know, yeah. you know, <laughs> what, what, what will it, you know, what will it take for you to walk out the door tonight or something like that? Oh, you yeah. know, old school. I re- I, yeah, I was, was really surprised that, you know, supposedly Costco is a, a good program, so I, I think I'm certainly entitled to complain. You should, yeah. Um, and by the way, the Costco program is a, there's a subsidiary. Uh, that Costco is not behind the program. Costco calls it the Costco program, but they, there's a separate company they deal with. So you can still complain directly to Costco, but then they go to the the company. You know, Stu and I have had a couple of meetings with the Costco uh, group, and uh, and uh, you know we they're, they're honest, uh, but they're a little difficult to deal with. To be honest with you, sometimes they're car guys. <laughs> yeah, they are car guys. They are car guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, you, you, if you complain, they will enforce the rules. That's all I can tell you. I don't. I wish Costco themselves were administering the program, but there's a separate company they use, and that's another story. I've, I've, I've written a blog or two on that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, is each dealer required to offer the same Costco discount, or is that different? The Costco discount is only what the dealer is selling the car for. So if if I if I have a new car and I sold the, the, that model, the the least I ever sold it to anybody for was twenty thousand dollars. <coughs> I'd have to sell it to you for below twenty thousand. That's the rule. The Costco does not tell you what to sell the car for. Costco says sell our members a car below your lowest price, and they sign a contract uh, to that agreement, and that's what they have to do. So you still want to ideally you would shop two or three Costco uh, dealers because. Three Costco dealers would probably all have different prices, and you should take the lowest price between three Costco dealers. But the, if there's only one Costco dealer, you're supposed to be assured that that car you bought was never sold to anybody else for less money than you pay. For yeah, for less money than you paid. Right, and I know sometimes it's a little harder with the used car, you know, because you're yeah. not comparing apples to apples different. and oranges to oranges. Yeah, know? different. Uh, I'm not crazy about the used car program. But we're members. Uh, we discount our car, our used cars, a thousand dollars off of what uh, we advertise the car for. Unfortunately, we advertise the car for what we really sell it for. While all the other dealers get to add that thousand, and they get to add the thousand back with the dealer fee. Exactly, they get their thousand back yeah, and then yeah. some. So we don't do that. All right. Let me ask you what what is a normal fee for registering tattle, tags and title? Like I, I'm not transferring. I'm doing a new tag. A new one. Uh, it could be two fifty to four hundred dollars. All right, so a, a new tag would be four hundred, uh, two fifty to four hundred. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, what what would what would be considered a reasonable dealer fee? <laughs> they range, Zero. They, they range so far. There are no uh, reasonable dealers. The, lo- the lowest one I, we've seen recently is like four hundred. We yeah, saw CarMax uh, was three hundred ninety dollars. Uh, CarMax yeah. is three is three ninety nine, and the highest we've seen is Al Hendrickson. <laughs> Funny we should say that the highest one is Al Hendrickson, which is about three thousand. That might have changed, wow. but yeah, it might yeah, have changed. But we've seen they, three thousand. Multi- yeah. They have multiple dealer fees and it changed, but at one time we mystery shop Al Hendrickson, and it was three thousand yeah. dollars. The average in this area is probably around a thousand. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah. so um, a, well, a reasonable one, if you want a reasonable, is less than that. <laughs> see, they, have, they not only have hidden fees, uh, junk fees, dealer fees, but they also have uh, addendum labels, which have uh, worthless addendums, nitrogen tires. So they have a plethora of ways to screw you and charge you, overcharge you for things that cost them $100, they charge you 1000 and then fees, they pretend to be government fees, and they're just profit to the dealer. Uh, it, there's a, a lot of ways uh, they, they they add to the advertised price. So, uh, Doug, thanks for a great call, and uh, we got uh, some callers here waiting, so uh, please call again in next week. Great Thank hearing you. from you, Doug. Uh, we're going to go to Steve, who's been holding in Boynton. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Oh, my man, the roadrunner. Oh, there you go, the roadrunner. Right. I got a question. How do you adjust the points with a push-button start car? How do you click it on and off? Now, you got to get this Wordlenko uh, tools out, and the flux capacitor has to be set to <laughs> negative 43 points. <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> okay, my thing is, I compare electric cars to CD, music on CDs. You know why? Huh. We why? started out with A-tracks. Then we went to cassettes. Then we went to CDs. So now we go from gas cars to electric cars. But the funny thing is now, everybody wants to go back to vinyl records. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they opened up three or four new places to start making vinyl records again. Because people like the sound and the quality of the music. Right. Well, people ride horses too, so yeah. it's, you know, yeah. all, they're always going to be you know, combustion engines. There'll always be, be horses and buggies. There'll yeah. be a big comeback in the trend, like in like forty years from now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that's what I what was yeah. old is new again. That's, yeah. that's what I understand. That's right. Hey, Steve, don't and forget that back in the forties, there were cars that yeah. had uh, record players installed right. in the car. I'm sure that went. <laughs> they they actually worked pretty well. I had an track playing in my 69 Barracuda, but that got heisted out of there from the clever hiding place under the seat. Somebody stole it out from under the seat with that. that was the only, I know you like that story. Uh, how come last week it was so busy? I couldn't even get on. Because Josh was here. When when Josh is on the show, the the, the phones light up. <laughs> oh, okay. That was well. Is everybody nice and healthy? So far. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. we are. Thank you. Thank you. I'm immune to COVID. I've been reading a lot of stories on, on the internet about the electric cars going on fire. Then I was reading about the Fords. They're yeah. telling you to keep them outside because the motor's going on fire. And everything like that. Is half these stories true or not yeah, true? Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> no, <laughs> only, know, only gas combustion of cars have never caught hey, fire, um, though. <laughs> hey, Steve, what are your what are your uh, thoughts on what you just mentioned? Uh, the, of course, the the latest uh, Tesla accident that killed two people. Uh, it, it was just unbelievable, and it's under investigation, so nobody really knows. Oh, okay, was the car driving itself? That's under <laughs> investigation. Question. That's a good question. Right. Uh, I mean, would you feel comfortable sitting in an airplane with no pilot and you're going on a trip? Would it's going to happen. happen. It happens already. It's going to happen. 
Well, we're not. Well, I'm not going to be flying. What, what do you but, think? Uh, you don't what have what the pilots do you are doing. They, what do you think they're doing in the cockpit? They're not flying. They're playing cards. They're having a party with the uh, flight attendants. They, oh, yeah, they're they're having a party with flight attendants. This is in the seventies. I got four flights <laughs> coming up in August and September. Well, Steve, what if I said flight attendants? Sometimes the mind is quicker than the computer. Sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. So, so what do you think? Yes, go ahead. What do you think, what do you think Steve, of the um, uh, Tesla autopilot chief who just quit uh, because the, uh, there's a, a, an investigation going on on the expanded safety uh, rules? Well, I guess he didn't want to be indicted. Yeah, we don't. we don't care. You're a real comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the truth, right? If you're under investigation, you, you get out of town. Grab yeah. your money. Yeah, so that's why you have a sock drawer. We're talking, about, we're talking about two people killed in a fire crash in, a, in an electric vehicle. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's 200 people that were killed in combustion engine fires that we don't even know yes, about. Yesterday. Yeah, that's <laughs> yesterday's news. Doesn't even make the front page yeah. anymore. So. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I did, like I said, sometimes the, when I drive, I'm looking ahead five or six vehicles. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not looking at just the vehicle in front of me. I'm looking ahead. What if you're behind the big I, truck? How are you looking ahead? So, so is Earl's Tesla, though. Earl's, Earl's Tesla sees three, how many vehicles? That's what the people were doing uh, that got killed in that Tesla. Uh, they, were, they just slammed right into that parked yeah, truck. Yeah. Right. Well, what happened to the warning? That goes beep, 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 when you're getting too close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, pe- back to the uh, auto, uh, the autopilot chief that quit. Uh, when the feds get involved, I get out. Yeah. <laughs> I run for the hills. You go to the sock drawer when you get the money and you cut out of town. Yeah, there you go. You don't know what a sock drawer is, right? <laughs> no. That's where you hide the money that nobody knows about in case you got to leave in a hurry. There gotcha. you go. It's Steve, a New York thing. It's, it, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You're quite entertaining and informing. Okay. Everybody have a safe and good weekend. You too. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Okay. Uh, 877-960-9960. And uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. I'm going to go over to Rick. I think he's got some YouTubes. Yeah, we've got several. Uh, first one is from Casey. says, hey, Stu, Casey here. Am I still number two on the BZ4X wait list? Let me check. If so, any idea if the person in first slot is still interested? And when will you get a car? Thanks, Casey. Let me check. And the BZ4X, You're still number two. <laughs> for, for those folks right. that don't know, is, is the new someday going to get here Toyota full electric car. Can I just do an informative thing on that subject? We talked this last week or the week before. Uh, if you're looking for a car and you want to order a car, uh, be sure to get on the waiting list, even if there isn't a car being built and you don't have a VIN number. Stay on top of it and wait, track that car with through the dealership until you get a VIN number, and then you'll have a legal contract with the VIN. But stay on top of it. If you, it's worthwhile just going on an informal waiting list, even without the car VIN, because at least that gives you priority, and some priority, if you have an honest dealer that will keep you where you're supposed to be. But um, that's, a, that's what we're operating now. A lot of our orders are on waiting lists because the car hasn't been built yet. Okay. Okay, I'm going to, Earl, I have a question for you. I meant to ask you earlier <clears throat> because someone else asked me, what would you say the percentage of uh, customers 
uh, are that come into the dealership to purchase a vehicle compared to the internet right now today in this climate? Well, a lot of them are coming in. The vehicle isn't there, but they come in physically to the dealership. Uh, uh, we have very few people that uh, consummate, that initiate uh, and continue and consummate the entire purchase online. It's a very small percentage. It is? Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to go back. Well, we never answered the question. <laughs> but if you have a phone call, we'll get back to it. Okay. Good, 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 good okay. Uh, we're going to go uh, to Port St. Lucie where John is holding. Good morning, John. Good morning. Long-time listener and one of your vigilantes that hasn't been called, but uh, uh, to answer your question, Nancy, uh, I'm, uh, I've am i always done my own work in my own cars, and so I ne- didn't even have hybrid on my radar. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that frustrated me in looking for a new car is nobody had one on the lot that I could drive. So you're almost asking a customer... Not yourself, but all dealerships uh, to, on good faith, buy something that they don't even have a chance to try out. That's true. And I was, I was lucky enough uh, to. We were snowbirds up until just recently, and uh, up in Saginaw, Michigan, I I was looking for a Rav Four, and when we went and drove a Rav Four up in Saginaw, Michigan, neither one of my neither one of us my wife or i really liked the car (laughs) and it was a surprise because Mm. i know it's a very very popular car but it was noisy and uh so the salesperson up there said well let's try a hybrid rav4 and even at that there there was a lot of road noise but when we got into a venza it was a different story it was a lot quieter and so even though I didn't start out <laughs> looking for a hybrid, I'm on your list to buy a Venza. Yeah, and uh, and it was all and, and it was not a gas mileage thing. It was quietness. Yeah, no, um, a lot of these cars I, that I, are, are are good just because they're really good cars. I we get hung up on labels, and uh, the Prius, for example, the one the original hybrid. Uh, turned out to be probably, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Toyota dealer, but a Prius turned out to be uh, one of the most reliable cars ever built in terms of low maintenance costs, insurance costs, uh, repair, uh, uh, ease of use, and uh, everything. So people started to buy it because it's a hybrid and it was cool to be driving a Prius, uh, be seen in a Prius and all that. All the Hollywood movie stars were driving them. And now people come mm-hmm. in and we say, listen, if you want about the most reliable car we sell is a Prius. So you're right. It's, uh, uh, hybrids have come of age, and uh, someone called in earlier in the show, said, well, I, should I buy a hybrid or an EV? I said the average person probably ought to buy a hybrid today. Yeah, you, you were talking earlier about uh, uh, what kind of usage, and we're in that transition period because previous to coming down here full-time, you know, we went back and forth to Michigan, and and we did a lot more driving up there. Now down here, I suspect we are going to be very local and uh, really not much in the way of long distance. I have a daughter in Jupiter, but, and, you know, three relatives right here in Port St. Lucie. So 
I doubt if we're going to be putting many more than five, six thousand miles on a car a year. We well, got a great car. You'll 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 get a lot of good use out of it. And as I say, not just because it's a hybrid, because it's a good, reliable car. And a lot of hybrids out there are, are, are tested and check consumer reports. They'll tell you the same thing. Even if you check yep. all cars, you'll find hybrids ranked at the top of the list. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm very happy with my choice. I'm just unhappy about having to wait like everybody oh, man. else. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it is. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Uh, I, I, and the problem is I don't think it's ever going to totally go away. I think the car dealers are, are learning now how much money they can make when supply doesn't exceed demand for years, for years and years. It's almost the advent of the dealer system in, in the United States. The manufacturers cranked out cars as fast as they could, crammed them down the dealer's throats, insisted they take more cars, pressured them to take more cars. They had too many cars, so they get on the they they advertise the cars for less than they can sell them for because their competition's lying. They have to be a big liar than the competition, and consequently, car dealers were losing money in their new car departments. If you broke even in your new car department five or ten years ago, you were doing great. All the money was made and used in service and the rest of it. So now, the mm -hmm. dealers are getting filthy rich. Uh, because of the low supply, yeah. high demand. I have a feeling that when the manufacturer comes back, the microchips and all that, everything's fine, you're going to find the manufacturers and the dealers in a, in a silent uh, agreement, secret silent agreement, that you're only going to have a few cars and we're only going to supply a few at a time, and you keep those prices up and we'll keep our prices up and the consumers will pay through the nose. I have a horrible feeling that might happen. Well, what's interesting is I've been around long enough to know what car selling was like in the 50s and 60s, at yeah. least in small-town America, yeah. and it was. You had actual demonstrators that the salesmen sure. had to take home and give to their customers, sure. and if they liked it, then they came in and they ordered the color and yeah. interior that they wanted, and you know, six weeks later, you got your car. Yeah. That, was, that was the model back then. That's right. Okay. So we're back to the past. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> past is prologue. Isn't that say. the truth? Boy, I'll tell you, this uh, microchip shortage has really wreaked havoc, and uh, it's just uh, amazing. Here we are. Anyway, uh, back to uh, Stu. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's right. We had a question. It was a YouTube question. Yep, that was from Casey asking about the BZ4X. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, if you're on the list, you, nobody changes positions on the list unless the customer asks to come off the list. So you're still in the same position you always were. Um, I think that the first BZ4X is going to be allocated. For some reason, in my mind, I thought I saw it. Um, so I actually checked our system here, and I, did, I didn't see it, unless I just did something wrong. <laughs> um, but um, So there's going to be one this year. Every dealer is going to get one, and that will go to the first person on the list. And then we'll... Probably in 2023, we'll get another one. So that, that, that should be yours. And if you buy it from the average dealer, you're going to pay thousands and thousands over a sticker. Right. And um, the good news is um, maybe, I mean, hopefully Earl's um, nightmare scenario doesn't come to fruition um, and prices do come down. There's a chance that your uh, 2024 BZ4X might be below MSRP. Um, you know, well, I believe prices are going to come. I, I know prices are going to come down. They, they just won't come down. Uh, uh, Stu knows this because you know he's in the business. Uh, 
the average profit that a dealer made on a new car before the COVID issue was maybe a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars. So now the average profit they're making is something like what's due eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yes. So so, so it's, it's just huge compared. Uh, uh, I think it's going to come back up from, when we get to uh, the, the normal comes back. Instead of an average profit of fifteen hundred, they'll probably be making right around sticker price. Which Apple does the same thing, right? You don't complain about paying sticker uh, for a Mac or an Apple Watch or an iPhone. No, I, I finally got used to paying over a thousand dollars for a cell phone years ago. I don't yeah. complain anymore. Yeah, well, that's a different story. But for something you buy directly from Apple. Yeah. And one other one here is Richard is asking: Have you noticed a big increase in repossession rates? Oh, huge! Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's. Uh, it's going to be bloody. Repossession, evictions, the list just long, unfortunately. Hey, Stu, how, how big is the, uh, how, about how many people are on the list for the BZ4X? Donovan's asking that one. Uh, not too many. I think I honestly think there's only a handful, um, maybe four or five. Yeah, it's, okay. it's an image car. It yeah. gets people to talk about like we're talking about now. You come out with, it's like the, the Supra we had. Every car has an image car, Corvette. The Chevrolet Stingray, you know, Corvette. I mean, people talk about it. They don't buy it. They dream about it. They go into the dealership to look to see what it looks like. They can't afford it because the dealer's marketing it up $20,000, and they buy something else. So that's what the uh, that's what our electric car is. It's an image car, great interest, great talk, and nobody's going to be driving them. You won't, you'll probably never see one. Unless you go to California, and yeah. then you might see a couple. Yeah. True. And it'll be being driven by um, uh, a celebrity. Be <laughs> Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where are we? I'm all caught up with uh, um, incognito, or sorry, anonymous feedback, and uh, and text. Um, I've got a. Um, I'll open the automotive news here. There's a the uh, NHTSA National Highway Traffic Safety Administration chief has announced that they're going to try to make a, the emergency braking feature uh, required on all cars. And uh, I, I hate the government to require anything, but in this case here, I think it's good. Uh, a lot of our cars have that emergency braking, braking feature, and it is, uh, it'll save your life. Uh, you know, the only problem with, with these features, a blindside recording, the lane uh, adherence, a lot of these things, you become so dependent on them that you rely on them. And then if one of them fails, that's my nightmare, is if you start to rely on your backup camera, you start to rely on your, you know, your. Uh, there's a car coming behind you at Publix, and you don't look. Yeah. Uh, then you're dead yeah, meat. Yeah. Dead meat. So, but I like this uh, emergency bra- braking feature. It is really oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 happened. It's, uh, it's it's worked for me before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To answer those questions, there's three people on the BZ4 list right now. Three, three. 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 people. So. And the lucky person will get it. And number three, we'll get there sometime in the mid-decade. And, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, interesting what you said, you know, about uh, safety features. And with me driving the Avalon and driving the Tesla, it really is a change. And I'm referring to looking in the rearview mirror, uh, checking out my side view mirrors, mm-hmm. uh, checking out my dash, and then things that are different on the Tesla. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, a little bit different. I have one more important thing before we get to the Mystery Shopping Report. And Nancy and I were talking about this in the car coming to the uh, studio. Uh, we've talked before about car dealers that are 
cheating the manufacturers by saying they sold cars they didn't really sell and saying they delivered cars they didn't really deliver. And uh, all the dealers do this virtually and all the manufacturers are victims because you get shipped a car as soon as the manufacturer thinks you sold it. So you trick the manufacturer into thinking you sold the car by reporting it sold and they ship you another car. Well, when you have high demand, low supply, and you're making $8,000 a car, by cheating the manufacturer out of a car that should have gone somewhere else, you're stealing $8,000. So they're doing it. But the thing I didn't think about, and this was the editorial in this week's Automotive News, is the customer's getting cheated too. Because if you report a car sold and you the car doesn't actually get really sold and delivered for 30 days, when you buy that car, you got 30 days less factory warranty. If you have a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, you really only have a 35-month warranty because the car really got reported sold. And when you take it in for that warranty work, the manufacturer is going to say in, in a week under three years, they're going to say, I'm sorry, your car's out of warranty. So... This is something that finally, because the public uh, started squawking about it, uh, General Motors has cracked down on their dealers. Uh, Toyota theoretically cracked down on their dealers. And the question is, they're still doing it. I mean, I, I guarantee you it's still happening. So advice to you, if you're taking delivery of a new car today, be sure you find out the date that car was reported sold. And then if you... Put your foot down then, you can get an adjustment in the warranty. And uh, you need to check to see, because some of these cars might might have been reported sold two months ago. You lose two months of new car warranty. Interesting fact. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a mystery shopping report to get to. I know everyone's been waiting for it, and it's from CarMax in Royal Palm Beach. Um, you can be part of the voting process at Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and you can also check out Good Dealer Bad Dealers list, or is that de- is that plural dealers? Dealer okay. list, yeah. Good Dealer Bad Dealer list, and uh, don't forget to vote at seven at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now we're going to get to the mystery shopping report. Okay, as you said, CarMax, Royal Palm Beach. I've never been there. I'm been the one in Boynton and uh, CarMax, the largest seller of used cars in the world. Uh, we've been reporting on these crazy inflationary prices. We focus exclusively on new vehicles. First of all, it's more fun to go after those flashy new car dealers, but the roots of the inventory crunch are found in new car production that's been cut away, backed by supply chain costs, uh, chaos, most famously microchip. And of course, one of the big things with used cars is the fact that off-lease cars are not as many of them available anymore because the lessees are wising up to the fact that even if they don't want to extend the lease of that car, they should ex- exercise their option to purchase it and sell it to somebody else. So the dealers don't have these off-lease cars uh, feeding their inventories and prices are going up and up, although we talked earlier in the show, they come off a little bit, a little bit of a, a shift in the downward used car prices. Uh, on this show, far, uh, we focus on trade values. The one aspect of this craziness is that it actually benefits consumers. The flip side is the high prices used car payers are forced to pay. So at least you had a little bit of relief when you traded your car in. We advise people, be sure you maximize the price, shop it, go to several sources, and you can get a good price on a used car. 
Several months ago, we told the story of a man who ordered a new RAV4 from my Toyota dealership. He waited a few months and paid MSRP for it when it finally came in. We draw the line at MSRP. Sounds like a lot of money to me, but it sure isn't today. It's thousands of dollars cheaper than everybody else. He bought that from us, RAV4 from MSRP. Uh, uh, then he drove to Boynton Beach <laughs> and sold it to Carmax for about $4,000 more than he paid me for it. Now, that's hard to believe, right? But the part we never talked about was a customer who would eventually buy that RAV4. Now, that's CarMax bought it. They paid $4,000 over MSRP. How much did they charge the next person that came into CarMax to buy the car? So their cost basis was MSRP. You know they marked it up several thousand. So that's what's crazy. I, I've said in this show before, if you're going to buy a used car, I, I almost sound silly saying this, but if you're going to buy a used car, find out what that car costs new today. There actually is happening today. You're seeing (coughs) used cars being sold for greater than the new car. Because the whole market is topsy-turvy. It's it's crazy out there. CarMax's cost basis was, oh, okay. The same thing is happening all over the country. It's a shame because buying a used car these days is the only viable option many people have. With new cars taking six months to a year to order, there's little choice. And that's true. I mean... Almost literally, we don't have any cars on our inventory, in our inventory. We're a large volume dealership. We sell about 300 cars a month, and we have no cars. I mean, no new cars in inventory. Everybody that buys a car from us virtually orders a car. If you go to a used car lot, we have a used car lot, we've got about 100 cars you can choose from. Cars are way priced high, but at least there's 100 cars. And you don't have any new cars to choose from, so... That's the reason it's such a dilemma we have, new or used car. We shop CarMax. They are the world's largest retailers, as I said before. And because uh, they bought our customer RAV4, <laughs> customer's RAV4, that we sold them at MSRP new and uh, paid several thousand dollars uh, more for it. That's uh, crazy. Uh, we sent Agent Lightning in to uh, CarMax in Royal Palm Beach. And um, this is the first time for us we've only investigated Boynton Beach and Jensen Beach before the other two CarMaxes in this area. Speaking the first person as if I were Agent Lightning, I arrived at CarMax at 1230. I entered the uh, building, found my way to the front desk where I was greeted by Scott. I knew this from his name tag, but he didn't properly introduce himself, but he did have a name tag. I love name tags. He asked how I was. He asked how I was, and if I had an idea of what I was looking for. I showed Scott their listing for a 2021 Toyota Rav4 XLE Premium on my phone, and asked if it was available. He said if it was on their website, it was available. Now that sounds almost like a smart aleck remark, but it's a very um, important remark. A lot of car dealers. Mm-hmm. are advertising cars on their website that they don't have. Ghost cars. Sometimes new cars. Sometimes it's uh, it's an accident because the manufacturer interferes, in our case, Toyota. And uh, we have to explain that these cars that are incoming, but they're not here yet. And So you always want to be sure that the car you come into a dealership for, be it new or used, if they say it's there, just verify it because sometimes it's not. And in fact, a lot of times it's not. 
Uh, Scott pointed me in the direction of the RAV4 on the lot, said it should be unlocked. I headed over to it and took my pictures. Uh, I'm Mr. Shopper, Agent Lightning, if you forgot. The price on the window sticker was $1,000 less than the online listing, $35,998. That's strange. I, I didn't include this later on. It was explained that it had a, a regular price drop, and so yeah. when she saw it the, uh, the day before, she had screenshot it, yeah. and then they'd lowered the price yeah. like dealers do. I, I was complimenting CarMax when I said that was strange because they're, they're, they're straight up. They're, they're honest. Uh, they're not perfect, uh, at least in past times when we shopped them. I'm not through this report. I might change my mind, but uh, they're a straight-up outfit. If I were going to buy a used car or send a friend to buy a used car, uh, you could do a lot worse than CarMax. I headed back inside and found Scott. I said I would like to see the, the out-the-door price on the RAV4, but Scott now seemed very stressed and preoccupied. Aren't we all today? He apologized, said he was trying to finish up a couple of things. He asked me to wait for him by the front desk. As I waited for Scott, another employee approached and asked if I had been helped. I said I was waiting for Scott. He asked if Scott had taken my name and number and entered it in the computer. I said he hadn't, so he sat down, gathered the info, put me into the system, and was finishing up when Scott found us. They had some conversation about appraisals. Next thing I know, Scott was no longer my salesman, and the new guy was. By the way, CarMax does, like we do, they don't pay commissions to the salespeople based on profits or they pay they pay the salespeople based on the number of cars they sell so uh, they don't care how much the car costs uh, the number of cars is how they're commissioned so carmax salesmen are a cut above the average salespeople uh, by the way no one has introduced himself to me that's just being sloppy that's not being evil or conniving a uh, name tag is a good thing, but people sometimes don't wear name tags. Some people don't introduce themselves. That's just not good salesmanship. So I asked a new guy for his name. It was Blake. Blake asked me if I knew the stock number for the RAV4 I was looking at. I showed him a listing on my phone. Blake pulled up the vehicle on his computer uh, and began to go over CarMax benefits, which included 90-day, 4,000-mile warranty and a 30-day limited return warranty. Every, all warranties virtually are limited uh, returns so you have some crazy people that have <coughs> there's, unconditional there's a, there's a mileage I think there's a mileage, mileage thing mile and then, um, yeah. yeah and it's a return I don't know if it's a money back uh, it is a yeah it is a money back it, it is money back then he pushed an extended warranty on me but did tell me that was the, a very good question Stu asked because you really have to watch warranties and when they say we have a 30 day uh, return guarantee as Stu said I could say, okay, well, you don't like that car, take that one. You say, well, I don't want that one. Well, I'm sorry, but that that's the only one we got. <laughs> yeah. All right, that one. Yeah. Right, but you, you had a return. Well, you returned it, right? You got to pay and, one. And, and, and then, you, but you, now you got to buy that one. Uh, so um, be careful. You got to read the fine print and find out exactly what these warranties are and guarantees are. Uh, then he pushed an extended warranty on me, but did tell me it was optional, and he obviously said it were. I could understand it because I declined. That's something you usually don't see. You find that warranty when you get home and look at your paperwork. You didn't even know you bought it. I asked if the price of 35998 was negotiable. I told him I'd been shopping for a new one but couldn't wait to order one. I showed him that MSRP for the new model. New it was almost $6,000 less than their used one. And... Uh, that's quite a bit. <laughs> so that's, that's what we were just talking about. That's a lot. So it's craziness, folks. Again, carbacks, they're honest. 
and and they can they buy inventory for what they have to pay, and they they had to pay probably three thousand over MSRP to buy that car, and they marked that up another three thousand to sell it to me, and that was six thousand. But that's what they have to do to stay in business, and uh, I I don't hold them as responsible as I do new car dealers who sell way over MSRP because new car dealers have a source. They have a manufacturer. They're franchised. They can get new cars at dealer cost. CarMax can't. They have to buy their new cars and they have to pay the dealer too much money. So there we are. History repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Don't buy a used car until you check the new car price. And then, and then you might still want to buy it because <laughs> the new car price is probably more outrageous than the used car price, but that's your decision. Blake was very nice, but his explanation was basically, it is what it is. And that's tragically the truth today. He said prices were high because of the inventory shortages and nothing can be done about it. I asked him for a detailed breakdown of the price. Uh, Blake did some stuff on his computer, then printed a complete buyer's order for me. You were the caller earlier if you were listening to the show, and Al Henderson Toyota, he also had a printout but they, he was not allowed to take it with him. You can you can take it. You can't take a picture of it, and you can't memorize it. You can look at it. You can look at it. For and, only for four and, seconds. And that, that's all you can look at. You it. have four seconds to gaze <laughs> right. at it. Okay. Uh, the, the sale price was posted $35,998. Uh, they had added a $399. That's their dealer fee. We were asked earlier in the show, what, what are the dealer fees in our area? This is the lowest I know of, $399. And uh, there are dealers doing $2,000, $3,000. Uh, it's crazy. Um, they call theirs a processing fee. All dealers call their fees something else. Dealer fee has become a generic term like aspirin. So aspirin means it can be a Bayer, what are they, a Bayer, uh, Walgreens, <coughs> CVS. Yeah, I mean, it's a generic term. So, or, or Kleenex for tissue. Kleenex, exactly, a tissue, yeah. So dealer fee is tissue or aspirin. It's got a thousand names. And they also have a $27 optional <laughs> electronic filing fee. That's that's cute. I, I don't know what that means, but... Uh, that, that requires the person looking at the bars where I go, oh, this is optional? Oh, can you redo this without the $27? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How I, many people I, do I, that? I don't know, either that or I, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to check that out before adding sales tax and a legitimate government fee. So, Blake sympathized with extreme pricing, encouraged me to uh, reconsider ordering a new car. I thanked him for my time and help. And I'll, I'll repeat this. CarMax, again, to uh, say something positive on the wholesale end of the CarMax, uh, I shopped a car for a friend of mine, and I shopped several sources, and I missed CarMax. CarMax paid my friend more money for the car than I would, so uh, I got accolades for CarMax, uh, they can pay you a lot of money for your car, but they also pay you a little, uh, too little for your car. CarMax has a very sophisticated uh, inventory system, computerized, and uh, they, they have an algorithm that tells them very accurately how badly they should uh, buy their, need to buy that car. And if they need to buy that car badly, they'll pay a whole lot of money for it. If they don't need the car, they'll pay a whole little money, little money for it, but always get a price from CarMax, my friend did, and got $1,000 more than I, would have, I was going to pay him. So as embarrassing as that is, that is an accolade for CarMax. And now it's voting time. Okay. <clears throat> the first one that's come in is from Jonathan in Wellington. 
It says CarMax and Royal Palm Beach sounds like mass confusion. Sale prices are too high. Dealer fee is unacceptable. Shop here at your own peril. But grade C, typical for these days, but not worth being taken advantage of. And uh, Mark just came in with a C as well. I'm going to go better than a C. I'm going to give him a, a B um, because the experience is a it's one of trust. You go into CarMax and... Um, at least if you if you trust us, <laughs> we're telling you to trust CarMax, and you go in there and you you, you don't. It's not the Wild West, and yeah, the prices are high, uh, but that's not that's not CarMax's fault. And uh, also, Bob is just Texas with, he's he's on my wavelength. B for CarMax. Yeah. Okay, we got Kirk in West by God, Virginia. <clears throat> CarMax sales models is their sales model. Honesty of the model was superior. Three ninety nine processing fee equals junk. In this era, I would say a solid A minus. And I've got Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis, B. No games, no crazy fees, no pressure. Tom with a solid B plus. Kyle, CarMax is very overpriced, but refreshingly honest and transparent. B for the three ninety nine dealer fee. Tim looks like a B to me. Brian, straightforward dealership, B. Eric Mings, that's a B. Didn't try to bait and switch up front and honest, and I can respect that. Mark Smith with a B. Uh, Negan one C minus for CarMax. Yeah. Is Negan's going tough on him? Yeah, yeah. man. But and, still a, a passing score. Yeah. And for me, I'm gonna say a, a B. B. And uh, Martha on Facebook gives him a B. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I too am going to give them a B. Uh, oh. Blake was uh, very nice. Uh, he said it is what it is, and uh, uh, CarMax. Uh, I would go to CarMax. It's a it's a great place to go to, yeah. and, and you feel you know it, you feel good about the place because uh, because of the reputation. So I give them a B. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to give them an A. I mean, I just uh, I mean they're the best in the the best anywhere, uh, and we grade on the curve. So. Uh, they're not perfect. I don't mean they're perfect. I just mean that that I don't know another used car place you could get any better treatment. And they've always been, they kind of they kind of wrote the book. We copied them and some other things. We, uh, you know, uh, one price. I mean, they were one price before we were mm -hmm. on used cars, and and uh, their dealer fee is very low. So I think they're a great outfit. And uh, uh, I, I they they actually lost money in the first quarter of 2022, uh, but their prices are. No, they didn't lose money. I'm sorry. They made money, but their sales were down. So they're selling fewer cars, and that is commensurate with having to we pay too are. much. Yeah, we're all selling fewer cars. And so. making more money. So uh, <laughs> I can't uh, recommend anybody, if you're buying a used car, more than CarMax. But I do recommend this. Don't buy a used car or a new car today if you can avoid it. We are, I'm predicting for the third time, I've been wrong each time, <laughs> I'm predicting prices will be coming down at the end of the year. Right. Well, we'll let you know when we see it. Yeah. All right. So exactly. just stay tuned, but don't buy a car now. Don't buy a car exactly. now. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I can't say it enough. Wait. Wait to purchase a vehicle, whether it's new, whether it's used. Stay. Hang on to that car that you have and play it safe for now. This uh, microchip shortage and inventory shortage, we're not in a good place. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We definitely appreciate you spending your morning with us. We'll be right back here next week, same time, 8 a.m. Have a great weekend.